0: Land tax is a phrase that gets thrown around when you start building an investment portfolio. It's also a phrase that gets thrown around when discussing property taxes from another country. But what is land tax here in Victoria? When does it apply? How much is it? And how can we minimise our opportunity to not pay land tax? We're going to find out right here in just a few moments.
1: You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts
0: talk about how to buy, sell, rent, and invest. Right. Your host is Sue Langder. Real Copyright, our real estate copywriting company, is touching all corners of Melbourne, helping agents get more buyers to their door. With our highly trained copywriters, we deliver quality copy, reaching more potential buyers giving all the right information they need to make an educated decision to go to your Open for Inspection. If you want to know more, call Jade on 5977 8889 or check out our website, realcopyright.com.au. Nello Traficanti from Belmont's Accountants and Advisors is a respected tax advisor with over 37 years of experience advising property owners about various aspects surrounding property acquisition. Welcome Nello, how are you today? I'm very well, Sue. How are you? Yeah, great, thank you. Great to have you on again. Um now we're on the touchy subject of understanding land tax. Um today which in reality Nello, how many people would actually pay land tax? Quite a lot
1: actually. So if you own a property, and what I'll do is this conversation that we'll have today is based purely around Victorian-owned property. Yes. So we'll talk about just land-owned in Victoria. So if you own a property other than your principal residence yeah. in Victoria and it's worth more than $300,000, you will more than likely be getting a land tax bill and be
0: paying land tax. 300000 I thought it was actually higher than that.
1: No, no. If it's worth more than three hundred, you will start. So three hundred and under, you don't pay land tax. Three hundred and over, you start paying land tax in Victoria.
0: Oh, that's scary. Anyway, so what is land tax? Why does the government make us pay it?
1: To cut to the chase, the government makes us pay land tax so they can get money out of us. That's 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 really it. But it's um, land tax is an annual tax. It's based on the total. Taxable value of all the land you own in Victoria, excluding what they call exempt land. For example, your home, your family home, your principal place of residence (PPR), and it's assessed as at midnight, thirty-one December of the preceding year of your land tax assessment. So, happy New Year every midnight. Um, you will be assessed on the land that you own and then you'll get the bill for that in the following year. So what does that mean? So for any 2022 land tax that you're paying, you will have been assessed on the value of that land as at midnight of 2021.
0: So it's only the land component of your property, not your house and land. Correct. Correct. You had an apartment or something; it'd be less likely. Yeah, yeah you
1: won't you, you won't be paying land tax predominantly, or you might be paying a, a portion of the land upon which your apartment's on. But an apartment would be paying no land tax or very, very little land tax.
0: Yeah, because they'd have to assess like if it was a ten-unit apartment block, they'd have to assess the land on all ten units on it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So the land, the, the land, the footprint. The, the buildings built on would be apportioned uh, over every apartment.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So and it'd have to be at least three hundred. Uh, sorry, three million dollars worth of land for that apartment block. In, in, that, in example, that example. Yes. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. So how much do we have to pay? Is there a percentage or is there a certain you know capped fee or what is it?
1: Yeah, well, no. It, it's um. It's you pay a rate of land tax and it's banded. So if um you own land and we'll talk only about individual. let's talk individual so if an individual owns a parcel of land that's worth anywhere between three hundred to six hundred thousand they pay uh zero point two percent of the excess over three hundred thousand plus three hundred and seventy five then it goes up uh six hundred to a million a million to one point eight one point eight to three million and then over three million dollars is um two point five percent of the excess over three million plus twenty seven thousand nine hundred and seventy five. So it's a stepped uh yeah. program and what it what it does is it obviously as you accumulate more land you pay more land tax because the assessing base is higher.
0: Is it every property assessed separately as an owner or would you for instance so for instance if I had property A which was $350,000 for land, property B, say $600,000 worth of land, property C, you know, a million dollars worth of land, would that all be totaled up and then you'd pay the higher rate or would they be individual?
1: Yeah, that's correct. You would get a land tax assessment based on your
0: your property
1: A, property B, property C value. Uh, they would accumulate that and say, so well, your total land value is this you fall into this particular band, so pay us this amount of land tax, and then they would send you a bill, a land tax assessment, which you should you should read every year, make sure that the details are correct, and then they will offer you um, uh, two general uh, methods of payment, a lump sum, or you could pay it off in installments.
0: Okay. And so in that apartment situation that we talked about before, the 10 um, apartments would that be the body corporate three million dollar block, for instance, and everyone has to pay their three hundred dollars? Well, you know, if it's over three hundred dollars, so if, if
1: it was, four hundred thousand um, bucks. You'd pay, you know, two percent of a hundred thousand plus three seventy five. So you might pay, you know, three four hundred bucks worth of land tax
0: in in that example. Okay. But it's, it's not assessed as a whole body corporate. No. It's individual personal. Correct. Because every
1: property, every property will be on a separate
0: problem. Okay. Yeah, cool. How does land tax get assessed? So who goes around assessing it on the 31st of December of 2022?
1: It's the value of general um, yeah. assesses your land tax. So everybody thinks it's the, it's the council. Yeah. Um, but um, it's the value in general and they um, go away and assess your land at midnight every year. So a handy tip would be that if you're in the throes of negotiating to sell a property, mm-hmm. if you're still on the title, let's, let's say I said you, my my property, yeah, we agree on a price and we settle in January. Because I'm still on the title at, at the, as at 31 midnight, I'm going to get the land tax bill for that
0: property for that year,
1: or for or the next year. The next 12 months. So we would then have to negotiate and make an adjustment in our settlement to say, by the way, um, I owned it for one month, you owned it for 11. We need to make an adjustment for the land tax bill that I received yeah. or I will be receiving.
0: When do they actually give it to you?
1: So you get the land tax assessments twice a year, generally in late January and late May.
0: Okay. So if you are settling in the middle of January, then it will be very difficult to know what to pay in the settlement.
1: Yeah, well, that's where you would go to your solicitor or your conveyancer and say, well, work out what my land tax is going to be and adjust for it in my my settlement proceeds, please.
0: Okay, and so what happens if the person buying that property is using it as their principal place of residence?
1: Good point. Then you would nominate that in your purchase. Tell the state revenue office that now um, the property at one two three Smith Street is my PPR, my principal place of residence, and that automatically exempts you from land tax.
0: So you, as a owner, would have to pay just that one month, for instance.
1: If it was an adjust, yeah, if, it, if it's um, that lag in settlement, then yeah, you might have to adjust in that instance. Yeah. But then you would, um, because it's your PPR, you would uh, make an application back to the SRA to say, "Listen, I paid a month's worth of land tax on my principal place of residence. Um, give me a refund." So, uh, for example, if you um, let's say that you're building a place, so you've got your original PPR, and you buy a block of land, or you buy a place in another suburb, and you are building on that. The second place that you're building on, you will get a land tax bill for that because it's not your principal place of residence yet. Yeah. So you'll finish the build. You'll be, will have paid land tax for the year. You sell the old place. You move into the new place. It's your principal place of residence. You then write to the SRO. Uh, I think you need to have been in for at least six months to prove that it is your PPR. You can write to the SRO, prove that you've lived there with some rates utility bills and say, this is my PPR, and they will then refund you back that um, land tax that you paid
0: Okay. So there is a fallback if you need to. Yes. <laughs> it's just not the government taking all your money. Well, in this instance, no, no. So
1: there is a bit of generosity there. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now, we, I guess we understand that it is a state tax, but, um, But recently, Queensland, I know we're talking about Victoria, but Queensland tried to put as legislation that they would tax those who owned property in Queensland a tax for all their properties, no matter which state or country it sits. The idea now has been shelved. However, it begs the question, how different are the land taxes between each state?
1: Uh, They are are very different. Um, Obviously, Uh, we pay in Victoria a sizable amount of land tax and so does New South Wales as two of the most populous states. Yes. Uh, And Queensland probably pays the next uh, largest amount of land tax and then the less populous states would pay a lot less land tax simply because the population is not there. So, for example, um, if we bought a million-dollar property As an individual in Victoria, the Mm -hmm. land tax on a property worth a million dollars in Victoria is $2,975. Okay. Okay? Not too painful. However, you buy a million-dollar property in New South Wales, the land tax is $4,356. And then in Queensland, it's $4,500. So the Mm -hmm. land tax... Rates do vary significantly, subject to how many people and the availability of land is in the state.
0: Yeah. But, you know, how backwards are Queensland trying to say, look, you know, if you own a property or reside in Queensland and you own property in other states, we're going to include as your accumulated amount of property all the other states as well. Plus so, you have to pay the state land yeah. tax on that state that property in that state as well? So from a
1: from a revenue-raising point of view, probably a good idea. Yeah. Because all of a sudden they've thought, well, every Victorian that comes and uh, resides in Queensland or resides in Queensland may or may well have property in Victoria and or New South Wales. Mm-hmm. So we'll get that uh, that revenue grab. But uh, it backfired and uh, people start to sell properties and threatened to walk away from all their land ownership in Queensland. So the government fearing a revenue loss said, okay, well, no, we won't do it.
0: Yeah. Apparently they're still going to talk about it in July this year, but, um, you know, it's, it's shelved.
1: It's shelved for the time being, but they're going to be doing their numbers to say, well, how much will we actually raise versus how much are we going to lose? So watch this space. If it happens in Queensland, the other states oh, this is a great idea, bingo, let's go. So it'll be a free ball uh, yeah. potentially.
0: I will be and everyone will just go you know what I'm just selling up everywhere I'll just stay in my own yeah yeah, possibly yeah now do you know if there's any proposed changes to the current land tax obligations of Victoria no so at the moment there's nothing
1: too scary um regarding land tax itself so nothing on the horizon uh, as we sit here and talk today no
0: yeah cool So now after the break, we will talk more with Nello Traficanti from Belmont's accountants and advisors about how land tax is affected in a trust situation in Victoria, as well as ways you can get out of paying land tax. You're listening to Real Estate Right. I'm Sue Langadar and we are talking to property tax advisor Nello Traficanti from Belmont's Accountants and Advisors about the sore topic of land tax. Now, Nello, some people like to buy their properties in a trust. How does land tax apply to trusts in Victoria?
1: Well, up until 2006, it was... uh... It was okay, and then the government realised that they were missing out on a, a, part, a, a significant amount of revenue. So they introduced um, what they call a land tax trust surcharge. So what does that mean? Basically it basically means that if you own a property in your name, you pay a certain rate of land tax. However, if you own that same property in a trust, you pay a more expensive rate of land tax. So, for example... In your, let's talk about referring back to the apartment question we had. Well, up to 300000 if you were part of a block of units, you may not be paying land tax at all. Yeah. Because you own it in your name. Yes. However, if you own it in a trust, the land tax threshold is only $25,000.
0: Okay.
1: So you would then all of a sudden be paying land tax on your $300,000 property.
0: Mm, ouch. not nice? Yeah, it
1: is. And then... <laughs> A property worth a million dollars in your name costs you $2,975 in land tax. However, if you own that same property in a trust, it costs you $6,438 in land tax.
0: Yeah, so not ideal to put a property in a trust unless you have other really good reasons. These are one of the costs you've got
1: to consider in, in why. There's usually more than one reason. As to why you would put a property in a trust, and there are quite a significant number of advantages for using trusts. Yeah. But now you've just got to bear in mind that if you are doing that, you've got to build in the cost of this land tax uplift and impost into your um, rent and uh, and your um, uh, risk and return uh, calculations for sure. Mm,
0: yeah, definitely. Quickly, can you explain to our listeners about the difference in buying property in your name versus in a trust? Like, why do people go there?
1: Okay, uh, predominantly the, the, the reason we would use and advise people to put property to trust is to protect that asset from any of the client's business predators or creditors. So if Sue Langer that comes to me and she's running a big business with a lot of risk where she's signed leases, rent, uh, a lot of debt potentially, um, and she comes to me and says, look, I want to buy my premises, we would not more than likely put that in sues name because it's immediately at risk. So if something goes wrong, and in my experience, it's it's generally not the, the business owner that makes the mistake. It's, it's four or five degrees of separation. So a supplier goes broke, a debtor goes broke, and all of a sudden we can't pay a bill. Well, we, we sue you, the director. And guess what? You own a property worth two, three, four million dollars. I'll I'll have that. Thank you very much to settle your business debts. So the trust arrangement puts that safeguard in place, and it protects you from uh, that asset from the business uh, undertakings. It also means that you can pass that wealth down to the next generation fairly easily by drafting your will in such a way that when you leave us. that your beneficiary of choice, the kids, can assume control and keep uh, operating that that property and collecting the rent and benefiting from um, uh, the income that it generates. And obviously, it does um, allow you the ability to reduce uh, income tax because it gives flexibility with how income could be distributed to potentially tax preferred beneficiaries. So... There are a number of different reasons to why you would use a trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, um, one of the conversations has to be don't forget that there's going to be a land tax impost and yeah. you can crunch the numbers and and a lot of the times clients say, well, it's right, just the cost of doing business, I'm going to have to deal with it, and try and recover in, in increasing my rent uh, over the next however many years.
0: Is land tax tax deductible? Yes, so that's a big positive. How can we manage our trust land tax obligations? Because having a property in trust is very different. Like obviously you get still get income because it's an investment property.
1: The, the best way um, to manage land tax in a trust is to ensure that the trust doesn't accumulate a lot of land in the mm. trust. Because obviously the more land you own, the more land tax you pay. Yes. So the first thing I would do is consider um, if you could buy the land in an individual's name, if it, if, it, if it suits. Yeah. If it doesn't, then you would use a trust that we would call a bear trust that doesn't have anything else in it other than this one property, okay? Mm-hmm. You must, must, must at settlement, and this is one of the biggest traps to land tax that we see every day, is that normally a trust will have a trustee and... Uh, by law, uh, when you buy a property, uh, it's only the trustee name that gets put on the, the purchase contract. So it could be um, uh, the XYZ proprietary limited as trustee for the XYZ trust is buying this this yeah. property. Your settlement contract doesn't mention the trust so it will be XYZ proprietary limited. Now, unless your lawyer and your conveyancer is switched on, They must notify the State Revenue Office that XYZ is acting in his capacity as a trust, so please send me land tax assessments at the higher trust rate. What has happened and what continues to happen is people will buy properties, they'll nominate their uh, trustee uh, company as the owner, and the land tax office will see that and say, thank you, we will assess you at company rates of land tax, which are lower than trust rates of land tax. Okay. The SRO and the ATO now share information. So Sue Landed has bought tr- a property in a trust 10 years ago, XYZ proprietary as trustee for the XYZ Trust. Sue's getting her land tax bills, happily paying them, marching on very, very happily until one day she gets a letter that says, we think you own this particular property in a trust. Uh, can you tell us uh, the details, and then you would need to nominate who the trustee is, what the name of the trust is, how long you've owned it, and the SRA will then say, "Well, you didn't tell us when you purchased it that you bought it in the name of the trust. We've assessed you at the wrong rate. We're now going to assess you at the right rate, and then they will, and yeah. they will live in, it will result in you having to pay the catch-up land tax. You'll get a credit for the land tax you already paid, but you'll get a bigger bill. Mm-hmm. So it's it, and." I get this phone call three, four, five times a year. Why am I paying this land tax? Why? What's going on? Mm. And without even having a look, I can I can now t- see that the purchaser or wasn't correctly notified to the state revenue office. There was no nomination made of the beneficiary. So make sure. Uh, and then we will generally find out twelve months later once we do your income tax returns that you bought a property. We will account for it in the family trust and, and do the tax correctly look, we're not the lawyers, we're not uh, present at the settlement. We can only assume um, that you have notified the SRO, but now we make a point to tell our clients that as soon as we see that there's a property being acquired in a trust, that they must notify the SRO straight away that there is a, a trust involved and to get the correct land tax assessments uh, issued to them.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So what happens if, say, you buy a property as a partnership and then one of the partners has another property, half of one property and a whole of one property is over 300 and then the other person has their half as nothing, does it still work out to be?
1: Yeah, good question. So so if if, if you or I were in partnership and we bought a, a property, we would uh, nominate ourselves as the partners, uh, Nello and Sue, yeah own this particular property and we own it 50-50. Thank you very much. Yeah. We will then get um, a land tax assessment for our share in that particular property partnership and that will be billed to me and that will be billed to you. You in your land tax assessment will also get a notice that says, oh, by the way, you own unit uh, property A, you own property B, and you also own half of this property with Nellie. Here's all your yeah. land tax cost. We've added up the values. It's now a million dollars or a million and a half. Pass the land tax on a million and a half based on your land holding in Victoria. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So, whereas if, Nello your half share was under the 300, would you get correct? Nothing? If
1: I didn't own any other yeah. land, yes. If that was my only land holding, correct, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's all good to know, isn't it? And this,
1: this, actually, Sue, so the same applies in a trust situation. So if we decide to use my trust to buy my half, your trust to use to buy your yeah. half, we will then um, get assessed on our halves together with any other land that our trusts own, the same yeah. will apply.
0: So a trust is a, a, a separate entity anyway, yeah. yeah, Correct, correct. Um, now, how does land tax affect those who are selling a deceased estate?
1: Um, A person, so land tax would still be accessible. So a person that acts in the capacity of an executor or an administrator of a deceased estate is acting as trustee for the deceased estate for land tax purposes. So if you were my executor and I had a land tax bill, you would, as my executor received the bill, you would be accessible for it and you would pay it. Okay. So... So when they say death and ta- death and taxes, you probably can't even
0: escape. When, you, you can't escape some taxes even if you're mm. not here. Shocking, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. I thought you had two years or something to sell your, uh, the deceased estate, which I think you do, don't you? But that's for other taxes. Um, dad, no, no, that's that's a topic for another day. So that's if
1: if you uh, acquire um, uh, a principal place of residence. Yeah. You have, so if mum or dad. A pass and leave you the family home, and say, "All right, so it's it's yours to deal with it. What you will, you have two years to uh, get rid of the place and still maintain your principal residence exemption. Yeah, if uh, mum and dad are living in it after two years, you'll attract uh, capital gains tax.
0: Capital gains, yeah, yeah. I knew there was a two-year rule for something. Yeah, you're all <laughs> over it. Well done, sir. All good. Now, finally, is there any way we can strategically get out of paying land tax?
1: No, not really, no. So um, unless you qualify for exemption, uh, which is probably just your, your principal place of residence, if you own land that exceeds those thresholds of 300000 as an individual or 25000 in a trust, you're going to pay land tax.
0: Mm. Oh, well, that's something we all might, you know. thing is, if we're making money, we need to pay money. That's just the way it is, isn't it?
1: Well, you only pay tax
0: when you make money.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you're a property owner, then land tax is something to be with uh, and um, it's just part and parcel of your, your portfolio. It's a cost of doing business. Uh, it's an unfortunate one, but um, it's one we've got to live with. And there's no state government uh, that I know of that will ever repeal land tax because it's a great revenue grant for us.
0: Yes, it is. It's on. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much, Nellie. I love how you're very clear and concise in your explanations to help our listeners in understanding some pretty unnerving stuff. Now, how can listeners get in touch with you if they are looking for a new accountant or want to strategize a property portfolio?
1: They can go to our website, our Belmont's website, and uh, click on any of the links, and uh, they can get put through to me. And if they want to have a chat, obligation-free, first hour, no charge, 888 is the office number
0: beautiful thank you so much and we'll also have your details on our show notes and on our website details thanks again it's been a pleasure having you on Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Next week, we have the ever so lovely Sophie Line from Jealous Craig Borundara to talk to us about how to complete a condition report when starting a new tenancy. Sophie will go through some great tips that she finds most new tenants don't do properly, which leaves them paying for it at the end of their tenancy. So if you're about to begin living in a new rental property, it's one you definitely don't want to miss. Real Estate Right is brought to you by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting services. This podcast is produced and written by me, Sue Langada, with the help of our social media expert, Jade Bomanis. We would like to thank Podbean for distributing this podcast, Zoom for the recording, Premium Beat for our theme music, and Francis Morello for our introduction. We would love for you to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean or on our website, realestateright.com.au Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters and investors get their real estate right.